Hey there, I'm Lee Rowley, and this is Lee After Dark. Why? Because there's more to being a business leader than just business. Each episode, one brave entrepreneur ejects the elevator pitch and just gets real. Today, I'd like to welcome Richard. Richard, how are you today? I'm, I'm fine. Just uh, getting over a cold, but otherwise, uh, hunky-dory. Okay, well, if, if you're if you're fighting a cold and you're still here, you know, kudos to you and we're, we're thrilled to have you. So, and as you say, hopefully I won't catch it. So, uh, <laughs> the rules are simple. For the next 20 minutes, we can talk about anything you want except your business. After that, you'll have five minutes to pitch up a storm. So, but if you talk about your business during the interview, you lose a minute of pitch time for each infraction. It's just kind of a, you know, game show thing. We don't really keep score, but I have to say it. Uh, are you ready to play? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Let me go ahead and set our timer here. And all right, we got twenty minutes on the clock. Where do you do you have a place to start, or should I pick? You you pick. I've uh, given you a bit of background, so I think uh, wherever you think your listeners might be interested. Okay. Uh, well, you know, I got to start with I lived in Russia for four years. Uh, that's that's the one that piqued my interest uh, the most. So I, I got to hear about that. Okay, well, Dobrovitcha, uh, as they, they say, uh, it's a good evening, or Dobrovitcha, good morning. So, yeah, the, um, it was back in the 90s. Uh, the Berlin Wall had just come down, and uh, obviously we'd won the Cold War. So, uh, you know, it was time to go and teach these Russians how to do business. <laughs> uh, so, um, you, you can imagine, that. so there I was uh, in my mid-20s, heading over to Moscow, uh, working for a big IT company. And boy, did I have a rude awakening because these guys, they knew about business and uh, <laughs> they, uh, they sorted me out pretty quick. Um, but I had, a, I had a fantastic time. The, um, don't believe anything you read in the papers about Russian, Russians. They're just a, a warm, welcoming people, the same as you know, people in the Midwest or, uh, or, or in Europe. Interesting. But, uh, I, um, I went over there, um, created a business. And, um, well, just had a wild time because you can imagine when I first moved over, um, population of about 6 million people in Moscow and uh, three supermarkets. Really? So, it, yeah. So, uh, I mean, there was Russian shops, but as a Westerner, I, I wanted the supermarket experience, but basically massively undercated. Um, there was uh, business was... Uh, was changing from the old communist system into the capitalist system, so new places were opening up all the time, and um, yeah, it was qu it was really exciting to be there at something that's um, you know fresh. And uh, we used to go to um, you know some great restaurants and bars, but for a period of about a year between sort of mid late ninety four to to mid ninety five. Um, possibly as late as mid-96, uh, um, I started to get worried because every bar or restaurant I went to, about a week later, somebody would get shot. So right. yeah, okay. it, it was the, okay. the Wild West or the Wild East. And um, you, you, so you do, you do tend to worry, but then you realize um, that actually it was just um, bad guys on bad guys. But because they had the bad guys have got money, they used to go to the, the same places that I used to go. So uh, you got a bit that, that was a little bit uh, bit scary. Um, 
but um, it got particularly scary when um, there was a shopping centre I visited and somebody got shot in the car park and they were an innocent bystander. So that's when you know that uh, things are a bit dangerous. But the police intervened at that point and basically told the uh, the mafia or the Russian mafia to uh, to clean up their act. And and after that, things were peaceful again. So basically, they went the the criminals just carried on killing each other. But there was uh, there weren't any more incidents of uh, innocent bystanders getting 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 shot. Okay. But uh, yeah, that was uh, it was a, a fun time. Um, Trying to think what some of the crazy stuff I used to get up to. Um, I used to, my parents came over for a visit, so you can uh, the airport, um, Sheremetyevo Airport, which is I think now is only doing domestic travel in the, in in Moscow. I picked them up in my Volvo, and we usually used to drive Volvos, is because in the nineties a Volvo was like driving a tank. I mean, it was just you could bounce it through potholes, <laughs> could cope with the snow, and. Uh, you know, Pretty robust uh, cars. And I picked them up and I thought, what can I do with them that's going to be really interesting and exciting for their first visit to Moscow? Um, I'll drive through Red Square. That's got to be good, hasn't it? I mean, it's, I mean, you go to the States, you go to Washington, what are you going to drive down Pennsylvania Avenue? You know? So I thought I'd drive. So anyway, I go through the back streets, fight, get to the corner of uh, Red Square, at the end where you've got uh, St. Basil's Cathedral, which everybody will have seen because it's the one with the fancy domes and all the colours. Sure. And um, the rules had changed since I last went through there. So I get stopped by the GAI, which is the traffic police in Moscow. I get told to get out of my car. So my parents have been in the country for about 45 minutes. The their first experience of Russian officialdom is their son getting told to get out of the car, walk into what can only be described as a wardrobe, which was basically a, it was a police checkpoint, but it was only in the side of a building about the size of a wardrobe. I disappear into this little cubbyhole uh, to be asked you know, what I was playing at, trying to drive through Red Square, and I end up paying a fine. Ooh. But uh, uh, for, uh, I say a fine, yeah. For um, uh, so a donation to the uh, the ple- yeah, the orphans mm. fund, and uh, so I, when I do that, I then say to the guy, "Oh, now I've paid. Can I go through the square?" <laughs> and the guy says, "Yet." I obviously hadn't paid him enough, but uh, yeah. So uh, I got back into the car and drive back to my 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 flat, and my parents, you know. Uh, they were just dumbfounded, but it was some of the part of the craziest stuff that we used to get up to in uh, in, in, in those days. I mean, now you wouldn't you wouldn't try it at all because the place has changed. But um, there was sort of like um, free rule. You know, it was very free and easy. And even the policeman, I mean, he knew I was breaking the rules. He, you know, I knew I was breaking the rules. But at the end of the day, you know, it was just like, you know, get on your way, get on your, get back in the car. And, Go home. Yeah, yeah. nobody really yeah. took it that seriously. Yep. Thanks. So, uh, thanks for the donation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, the other thing that uh, Russia is, uh, I used to go down, when I used to go out shopping, and you'd be in a shop and you'd be trying to buy something, and they'd have this system where all the, the things you were trying to buy were on shelves behind the counter. So you can think of like an old-fashioned store in, I don't know, in Bloomington, Illinois, where you were, you know, in the 1920s, when there was no, you know, behind the counter, 
you'd, okay. you'd point at what you wanted, you'd bu- and, and then they would serve you and you'd, you'd pay it. You know, no, none of this self-service that we, we're used to today. Mm. Now, the, the trouble is, I, I, I've told you all the Russian I, I can speak, more oh, or less. Okay. So, we've covered so it. I could, I, yeah, we've covered it. So I would be trying to struggle to, to, to buy things. And then you get a tap on the shoulder and somebody would then want to practice their English with you and help you buy, buy, buy stuff. And that happened to me all the time. There were just so many people just trying to help you and, and, um, and, and, be, and being you know, just super friendly. Okay. Um, other, other, other crazy stuff that we used to get up to. So it was a, as I say, it was a big IT company that I worked for. Um, and um, we had one guy there who worked for us that had been in Moscow for about three or four years. And uh, he, if you remember in the 80s, there was the, um, the treaties between the US and, and Russia, which Reagan did to actually start to um, decommission nuclear weapons and all the biological weapons and all that. Well, the Russians knew how many weapons they got. And they knew roughly where they were, but they didn't necessarily. And, and the people who were looking after them knew where they were because they were looking after them in Smolensk, the middle of uh, middle of Siberia, or in East, but Moscow wouldn't necessarily know the exact number of missiles in each location. It, you know, so wow. as part as part of the deal, the Americans, uh, U.S. government basically um, got uh, funded an audit system to the Russian nuclear uh, weapons directorate or whatever it was called to basically do inventory control on the, on the nuclear weapons. So my team were part of the team that actually did all the training of the Russian staff on these, on these systems. Anyway, the part of this story is one of the guys involved in that who used to go to these different sites and help count the missiles he uh, he was followed by the KGB because obviously everybody gets a follower when you when you're a, a, you're a, a US national in those days. Uh, anyway, he ended up marrying her. So he married his KGB follower, and to this day, I'm not sure whether or not she was she defected or if she was just a very good KGB agent. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. So, so they, they, you know, this absolute crazy stuff, um, which is really good fun. Uh, okay, I think have I lost? Lost? No, I thought I'd lost it. My screensaver came on. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, we're good. Wow, that, that's yeah. It's interesting to, to hear about life just during that period because I know it was. Um, it had to be a confusing time for people who had, you know, had had lived through the, you know, the communist regime and through the Cold War, and then suddenly there's this freedom and we don't really know what the heck to do with it. Or, you know, sort of freedom, you know. Um, yeah. It, it, it had to be a bewildering experience for everybody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, like, 10 years earlier, I was, uh, you know, watching Duck and Cover, you know, adverts and, uh, you know, watching um, films like uh, Threads, which was about nuclear weapons coming from Russia and dropping on my hometown of Sheffield. Mm, and right. then, like, that, you know, sh- shortly after that, I'm actually over there. Um, it was, and it was, it was fascinating. I met, um, I went to the um, the Soviet Army Museum, and I, and you know, the U2 plane in the '60s that went over, which everybody denied, denied that it was taking uh, photographs of the missile silos in Russia. Oh, okay. Um, 
Pat Powell was his name, I think. Mm. Anyway, and he was put on it was a show trial and all that. Anyway, I saw his ejector seat and all those paraphernalia. It was all like in like their equivalent of like the uh, the Smithsonian, and uh, it was you know really good. all this sort of stuff that you'd just heard about or seen on TV, and suddenly you get access to it. It's fantastic. That would definitely anyway, uh, absolutely fascinating. Yeah. But if you get a chance to go, I absolutely recommend recommend it. Forget all the stuff that you're hearing about, you know, uh, that's gone on. Just get out there, get go and meet some real Russians, have a beer with them, have a piroshki, which is like a little pie, and you'll find that a working class Russian or a you know, Russian you know, office worker is no different to somebody out of you know anywhere in the US or, or, or Europe as uh as Sting always said, they, you know, they, the Russians love their children too. That's really cool. Well, I appreciate you, you <laughs> sharing that glimpse into that. It's, it's really fascinating. Uh, to me, as I know, it will be to our listeners too. So you got a couple minutes left. So, you know, we much time to, to thoroughly cover a topic. But if you've got any last words or anything personal you'd like to throw out there, then, you know. Uh, well, I, I suppose this. And so, we got, you know, going back to, to, to Russia, I'm trying to think what else I used to do. Oh, the, the other thing that um, I once, um, I was also in the Boy Scouts when I was a kid. Uh, so the Eagle Scout, like the Eagle Scouts. And we, we went to a, a, an international camp just outside of, uh, of Moscow once. And um, we, were, we were acting as camp leaders for this scout camp. And then we decided to, one of the, the girls at the camp lost their passport. And because we were living in Moscow, we said we'd help, help her out to try to get a new passport from the British Embassy. And we drove down a, road, uh, a motorway into, into, uh, into Moscow, and we got stopped by the police, pulled over. Apparently, I was speeding. So I paid my fine, get back into the car, drive. About five miles, I get stopped again. I'm speeding. Only I'm not speeding, and I just said to the to the, the policeman, "They've called you, haven't they?" And what happens is, once they find a rich foreigner going down the motorway, they used to <laughs> ring to the next checkpoint and make sure you got you got pulled over. Oh but because I'd been wow. because I'd been living there for three years, I knew what the scam was, and I just told them to uh, to whistle, and uh, I got away with that. But it was just uh, again, it, you know, those one of now this. You know, um, so I know you've got a mixed, a mixed, uh, no, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say you've got a mixed, uh, uh, listenership or viewer, viewer team here, but we used to, uh, we used to take the, uh, we used to take the piss out of the Americans a little bit, I must admit. So, uh, <laughs> one, <laughs> so on, uh, yeah, but I, I won't, I won't go into that particular joke, but there was one press briefing I went to there, um, where they got somebody from CNN talking. And um, it was quite an interesting talk about, uh, it was the same time that was just after the stuff that had been going on in, in Bosnia and Serbia. And um, one of the Russians said that, uh, asked the journalist on the stage, they said, uh, we'll know the Americans think Russia is peaceful when CNN removed the tank. And what CNN had done was when after the, the, uh, the, the civil war in Yugoslavia, uh, they, they had a, an old armoured car that they used to go around Yugoslavia to protect the journalists from shrapnel and, and stray bullets. Mm, okay, yeah. And they had no, they had nowhere to, they, they, just, they didn't know where to 
park it. And they ended up parking it in the CNN compound in Moscow. <laughs> it's an old, old Soviet tank. Anyway, yeah, so uh, more of that another time. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, a, a, colourful, a colourful time. Yeah. I, I, again, I appreciate you sharing the experiences with it. It's been absolutely fascinating. You have successfully completed the 20-minute not talking about your business Lee After Dark Challenge. So... Because I am a man of my word, I would like to give you five minutes to talk about your business, an offer, how people can get in touch with you. The floor is yours, my friend. Okay. Well, um, so I've just for thirty years I've worked for big IT companies selling big IT stuff, and about uh, two months ago I've I've set up my own business. I'm a one man band. So, and what I, I do two things. I help companies come to the UK, particularly financial services companies. So um, if they're coming to the UK and you often find that they, they don't know that, although we're, we have the same language, that actually divides us. It's a diff- it's slightly different culture over here. People don't necessarily have the, the contacts. I basically help those businesses get established uh, in the UK. And the second thing that I do as the business for small businesses based in the UK, I help them raise finance. I'm a, I'm a commercial loans broker, and it's fairly easy to get hold of me. I think I'm the, uh, there's only two Richard Hollings on LinkedIn, and the other one produces, I think the other one produces records for you too. So I'm not him. You're not that guy. Okay. <laughs> well, I, you know, I've, I've got one of those two, and he is a politician somewhere in England. Uh, and every time I get a Google alert, and Lee Rowley, it's that guy. And I'm like, <laughs> fine, someday it'll be me. But yeah. until then, I'm good with the doppelganger. So, okay, we can find you on LinkedIn. Um, Any place else that you can think of or anything else you want to share? Uh, well, that's the best place to, to, uh, to, to find me. And um, I'm an easygoing guy, happy to help people. Um, if, you find, and if, you, if, you need, if you need a loan, I can, I can help you out. I, because I've worked in business for 30 years, I, I'd like to feel that I could understand your business and then find the right loan for you. My background isn't as a banker, so I'm not selling finance, if you like. I'm helping people get finance. I think there's a subtle difference. Really cool. Well, I appreciate the work yeah. that you're doing. And again, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Uh, we are out of time, but if you found Lee After Dark more entertaining and relevant than most of the drag out there, subscribe to the Lee After Dark YouTube channel and now get Lee After Dark in your pants. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Stitcher, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and who the heck knows where else. So you can enjoy us wherever you stick your phone. Until next time, this is Lee Rowley with my new friend Richard. Be well and be present.